Now this is nice. This this to me is the there's my dog on a beanbag. I don't know if you can hear that. This to me is the boys getting along. Sober boys for a little change, a little mix up. It's it's nice. I feel like this is a real it feels like a turning point um episode in Guy and Guy's friendship. I think you can hear it, you know? These aren't these aren't two men battling against each other. I feel like this is a team of two young men battling a movie. And that was always the intention of the podcast. So this is gratifying to hear. Fills me with a lot of warmth. I really should be listening to what Guy's putting b- before his episodes, I feel like. Because maybe his are, are really either good or really the same. And I guess I need to figure out that to differentiate. Anyway... As per usual, so much to love in this episode. A bloody cracking top three. There, I don't know when we abandoned that uh, little segment, that little feature, but that was a good one. We should bring that back. And whatever the heck is going forward for worst idea. Great top three in this. Great Braden chat. There's actually like a pretty legendary, um, I don't know what you'd call it, a bit. There's a little a little comedy act out involving Braden and his agent in this, which um, a lot of people loved and I'm a big fan of. That we just sort of stumble into, and uh, you know, personal favourite for my, for me, a lot of knife chatter, and you know, I love that. So enjoy this episode full of friendship, camaraderie, and most of all, grown ups too. Welcome along to the worst idea of all time with me, Guy Montgomery. And myself, Tim. Uh, this is a podcast in which Tim and I watch Grown Ups 2 and review it once a week. Today we watch Grown Ups 2 for the 17th time. I don't know what to feel anymore, man. You see that every week, I feel. Yeah, something similar. I don't know. I don't um, know, man. Well, it was an interesting watch. I was sort of, I was sort of felt really fresh. Like I had fresh legs, like I was stretched and ready to go for the first sort of 30 and then I definitely started lagging again. Um, but we did bring along a handy dandy laptop this time. And it's sort of it's filled with treats that I'll share with you a little later on mm. in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> lots of stuff to look forward to there. I mean, how how are you going today? Tell me about what you're doing before the before the before the um Got a real mean bagel. Yeah. Yeah. Good on ya. Pastrami, cheese, and a pickle. And mustard. And mustard. Comes with a base base mustard. I've had that one. It's called the Yodi. It's very good. It is a very good bagel. That sounds pretty good, man. And um, how are you feeling, you know, when we when we started watching the film, what were your thoughts? Were you going, I mean, I, you said on the way here, or when we were on the way here, you said that you think I'm in a good mood. You've been getting good sort of vibes from the texts I've been sending. Yeah, you've been very And I feel positive. like that translated into the beginning of the movie for me. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I keep getting, I don't know, like distracted by things when I was watching today. Like how easy it would be to cut this movie up into a uh, horror movie trailer. Yeah. Well. It'd be so easy because the thing is they haven't soundtracked lots of the movie because they're very lazy. So you could just (laughs) apply your own music there. Yeah. Wouldn't clash with anything. There's so many moments that are taken out of context are horrific. And some of them, even when you keep it in the context, it's still horrific. Like when Adam Sandler keeps trying to drug his kid. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, actually, funnily enough, that prompted something for me. Uh, this week's top three when you were doing that because you wanted. You ah, s- did you think of one? No, yeah, I did. On the way through, I thought of one, um, which was, oh, because you thought that a good line for it would be when Kevin James is in the car wash as part of the horror thing. It's why is this never ending? Yeah, you thought that'd be a good line to put into the horror movie trailer. Yeah, but this week uh, I've done the top three taglines. Which like for the poster taken from the movie? Oh God, I could nail this. Yeah, okay, this is a great one. So that was actually the first one, is it's okay. just uh, on the movie poster as a review, <laughs> as as the quote is, it just says, "Why is this never ending?" Um, I'm gonna grab. Well, I've, that's quite meta. I've got yeah, I got two more. Do you? Oh, so you're just gonna? I've do just the got top three, three, and then you can do yours. But okay. I've got three here on the computer. <laughs> top four then. Okay. Uh, the uh, the next one was. Um, I don't see any of these conversations working out for me by Adam Sandler. So you just have that on the on the movie poster as like the as the review. That is good. And if, if you add the first bit of that line as well, so I think why, we should all go. I think we should all go our separate ways. <laughs> it's like warning uh, well, you against going to the movie. And then this is my third one, which is the favourite one. Yeah. Uh, which is Adam Sandler's yelling it out when his friends come over just a little bit before the actual party starts in the movie's climax, which is. We're irrelevant. We're losers. We're old. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Sandler. Yeah. That, wow. Such good descriptions of the movie. Um, oh, now I've forgotten th- my That one. last one oh, does... There, okay, my one would be, there's no statute of limitations on being a dick. Because <laughs> no matter what Adam Sandler does from here on in, he could cure cancer. He should still be constantly reminded of this heaping turd that he made. I agree. Um, I mean, that's, that was a pretty fun week. We top three. Yeah, you did a great top three, man. Well done, you. Uh, and speaking of the party scene, which happens... I fucking hate your face, guy, but that was a great <laughs> top three. Speaking of the, the party scene, which happens at the end of the movie, um, last was it last week we had uh, a lovely woman named Roosevelt Tan watch the movie with us? Is mm-hmm. it, it was last week, wasn't it? Yeah. And she was sort of taken aback. She couldn't remember any references to the party happening because the party is a very important scene. The party scene lasts for about 30 minutes. It's yeah. the climax of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's where all of the characters come together in one place when they're not all doing that all over the town, just constantly throughout the day. Um, and it's it's there's barely no lead into it or set up for it. It just sort of is thrust upon you. And I sort of thought this week I would, I'd go to the trouble of counting how many times the party is referenced before the party actually Arrives. Sure. So you're like kind of as an audience member set up for it. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. How, how many times does it get? Uh, set and up? I think I guessed this last week, but I can now confirm it. It's it's three. A party is mentioned. Like this party, I can't emphasize to you. You haven't seen the movie. The significance of this party, even though there are no stakes in the plot and there's no investment because all of the characters are so one dimensional. If there's if there was to be any investment in the movie, the party yeah. would be where it would all sort of the right. payoff would arrive. That's where we're leading up to. That's where we're going. So in an hour in a 101 minute movie, the party scene takes up 30 of those minutes. Before it happens, it is referred to exactly three times in passing, never specifically. Always as a throwaway comment. This could have been your top three. The top three signposts the, for the party. The top three signposts <laughs> for the party. So where are they? Where do they come? Uh, the first one is when Chris Rock hops onto the bus with Adam Sandler driving. Yeah, and he says. Um, he says, uh, you know, I'd really like to have an end of summer party. Yeah. So it's the first time. And then it's a conversation which they quickly sort of move past. Yeah. Adam Sandler explains the reasons why they can't have a beginning of summer party. That's it. The second one was uh, Shaquille O'Neal to Adam Sandler uh, in the Kmart car park. He goes, I heard you're having a party tonight, Lenny. And he goes, what? Who told you that? And then it cuts to Chris Rock. He sort of raises his eyebrows in a cheeky way. You also had a point you wanted to raise about Shaquille O'Neal in the car park. 
Uh, oh yeah, but do you want to do your number one? No, no, no. We can save, save it. it. Okay, I got one more. But um, it's the fact that, and I'm not sure if we've ever brought it up before, that Shaquille O'Neal at one point in the movie waves a loaded cocked pistol at them, like a police issue gun. You can't tell what it is; it's too far away. But probably a Glock. That's what they use—a Glock nine millimeter. At most <laughs> enforcement authorities you, around the state. How do you have that information? It's just standard, standard knowledge. That's not standard knowledge. Yes, it is. It's a very common no, gun. But, I mean, I didn't know that the, the standard issue police gun was a Glock 9mm. Well, now is you do. Right? This is how you, this is how but you I, learn, this is, this is sort of, I feel like, a recurring motif in the film now in continuation from your insistence on showing me the knife you bought and yeah. your, your person at all times. Oh, yeah, well, I've got so, another knife-related thing for later. But <laughs> one thing at a time. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I mean... My and, point is, Shaq is... A, like, it's supposed to be a funny joke that you laugh at because Shaq goes, put your hands up! And then he goes, now wave them... Almost. In the as, a, as an audience member, though, we don't even know that these guys know Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, we assume they do because there's no way you'd introduce a Shaquille O'Neal cop character to the movie if he wasn't just going to be friends with the gang. Yeah. Because it would have been weird if he was playing like a, a foil or a, or an antagonist or a villain. But as an audience member, you don't know that they're all friends. So when Shaq goes, freeze, freeze, put your hands in the air. You're, we, you're, like we're, just we're, we're thinking, wow. Yep. This escalated really quickly oh, just before yeah. we were in a lovely infomercial for Kmart and now we're in a supermarket hostage situation. And it's not an unreasonable thing to happen either because uh, the cop steps out, Shaq, and goes, where'd you get that school bus? And Lenny Fader says, we stole it. Yeah. So like a cop could pull a gun that's on right. that situation. So you're like, oh no, Adam Sandler's big mouth slash Lenny Fader is, is going to get him shot but today. It by turns cop. out it's just a lovable, negligent cop, Shaquille O'Neal, just waving his Glock 9 mil around with <laughs> reckless and joyous abandon in the Kmart car park because it's just another fucking Tuesday in Shitsville, USA. Whilst never further investigating where the school bus actually came from, but more than happy. To, to present a police escort for, for said bus. said school bus. <laughs> with a, what looks like a highly illegal situation going on on the roof with a raft and the actual bus driver, who <laughs> they're trying to kill. They are trying to kill Nick Swartzen throughout the film. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but that brings me nicely to my shining light today. It's when they kill Nick. Ah, in the, in the bus. Yeah. And why is that your shining light today? It's just so absurd. It's so... It's so it's so ramped up against everything else that's happening. Like, it's funny that they string Nick up in the school bus with rope. He passes out because he's medicated for an emotional condition, some sort of psychological condition he's his going wife, through. His wife, caught, uh, his wife saw him Anally eating, eating a, banana. a banana with his butthole at her mother's house. So he's at the, he's at the parent-in-law's, parents-in-law, um, and he goes, Hey, ugh. I'm, I'm at a dinner. A, what should I do now? I know. I'll anally what insert sort of a banana. Outlandish thing should I do so I can insert it into the next Adam Sandler comedy script? And, th- and there it was. Um, so his wife left him. He's in a bad place, and then they he passes out because of all the meds. Um, so uh, luckily Lenny Fader knows how to drive a stick, and he drives the shit out of that bus. And they tie him to the yes. not the roof, but like the ceiling of the bus. Hang, upside hang him down, upside down like a vampire. And then Kim. when Kevin James comes in, he just yeah. pulls a rope, which releases it and drops him. On that his neck, on his, on his Which head. will probably paralyse you, but won't necessarily <laughs> kill you. But what they do do is then Lenny accelerates the and bus says, really quickly. watch this. Yeah, he says, watch this. With venom. And then 
Nick's body is thrown immediately to the back of the bus where you see his head break the fall against the back wall and you just see this crunch and you see his body contort, <laughs> which there is no doubt about it. He's dead now. They've just killed Nick. They've killed the bus driver. <laughs> and Adam Sandler's response to this is, you got to respect that. And Kevin James gives him a high five. While Chris Rock, <laughs> who actually isn't convinced by the whole thing, is sort of looking at these guys like, this is insane <laughs> that we are killing, stringing up and killing the bus driver they take on a Tuesday them, morning. And then, but then it's okay because by the time they get to Kmart, <laughs> the bus driver's fine. Nick's in alive. And a lot of scenes, um, like Chris Rock tunes out to what's happening. Yeah. I feel like he just, you see him in the background a few times and he, he's clearly not he's putting any dead eyes in. looking around the room for something to do. <laughs> Um, I got two two things to get through. Yeah. Obviously, the third one is the reference to the party. We oh, got yes. a little sidetrack by Shaquille O'Neal and his Glock nine mil. Mm. But so the third reference to the party. Remember, there's been two so far leading up to this big crescendo in the film. Uh, the third one is Selma Hayek to Adam Sandler after the ballet recital, and it's just a throwaway comment while they wait for Stone Cold Steve Austin to come in, aka Tommy Cavanaugh. And she goes, "I just wish you'd tell me eight hours before we're having a party." And those are the only oh, three God, indicators so, you have. What you've got to understand about those lines as well, the House of that Cards. guy's named, is that they're like... Innocuous throwaway lines. There's so much shit in the film that's said that doesn't have any consequence that, like... You wouldn't suspect you would these never, of... You would never string those dots together to think that a party right. is coming up based on that. And then when the principal's having dinner with his family, he says, what time's the fader bash tonight? That's when uh, there's confirmation. Penny is Those were dropping. all leading up to this big thing. <laughs> this is, the party's on and yeah. it's 80s themed. Uh, and as for my shining light, Tim... Yeah. Again, I got, I got a list of three moments I enjoyed today, thanks to the, the laptop. Don't burn out, mate. Help me remember. Yeah, uh, but like if you use up all the shining mate, lights, how are we going to get through another 30... Oh, I see. Seven, you think eight, I should save, six, save two of them? Watches. Okay. Uh, well, then today it was a scene involving Shaquille O'Neal. We gave Shaquille O'Neal a lot, of, a lot of credit today. I think that was because you were saying Jermaine Ross. Yeah. Fan of the podcast. And fan of the podcast. A long time Also listener. hosted a fantastic podcast himself with some other guys oh, called yeah, the, the Issues. The Issues podcast. Uh, podcast. But he, he told you that she, he watched the movie on Sky and Shaquille yeah. O'Neal was one of his favourite things about yeah, it. Yeah, cracked him up. And he also, well, Shaquille O'Neal got me today. Uh, He's a, good in this movie. At the end, when, at the end, some hikes trying to tell Adam Sandler to put their daughter to bed and Adam Sandler's like, nah, I just want to fucking neck some beers with the boys. And then she's like, no, I think that that's bad parenting and you should put your daughter to bed. And when she's saying this, Shaquille O'Neal is just looking at Adam Sandler. If I may, the f- I think the line is, you wouldn't want to have too much punch with all these kids running around. Yeah. The bit that you were talking about. And what's Shaq doing at that point? He's just shaking his head at Adam Sandler like, come on, we've talked about this, man. <laughs> like, you should stop getting so fucking hammered at these parties, you know, where you invite the whole town. And, you know, knowing the way you live your life, there's chances are there's going to be a big all-out brawl later on. I'll be saying like you be Shaq. Okay. I'm I'm just having a few beers. I'm a grown man. Uh, Lenny, I gotta tell you, down the station, we're, we're sick of you coming in every Sunday morning after these parties, man. Oh, come on. We're just having a little fun. <laughs> you, you're not having fun anymore. Uh, I gotta sentence you to uh, 200 hours community service and AA counseling. Hey, I'm gonna sentence you Stop. for being a dick. <laughs> Okay, Lenny. I think even now I can smell the whiskey on your breath. I don't know. That's all I got. That's all I got for that. <laughs> Doesn't bode well for when we're doing our um, episode, which is the gym teacher and the. Uh, that'll be written. Uh, that's gonna be a. That's teacher. gonna be a proper script that we write out. 
Uh, so that was my shining light, was Shaquille O'Neal chastising Adam Sandler for being a lousy parent. I reckon Shaq, we should just give a little round of applause to because okay. he's actually a good part of the movie, I think. He's very nice. Um, other things that jutted out to me today? Well, I don't have a knife today, and I'm glad you asked. Where, what? I thought we had a new always have a knife on your person policy in place. I do, but I've just got the little one today. You've got two knives now. Yeah. No, I've always had two. That you, that's like you just did a classic like crazy person lead into conversation where you just say something you're like I I don't have my knife on me today which prompts me to ask oh you don't have your knife on me today and then you go oh actually no I do have a knife on me I've just got my small knife I've got two knives yeah that's all I was just giving you a heads up that our new co-host isn't here though who came on last week oh you, you are the knife the I'd rather we did spend less time. I'm happy to not talk about the movie, but I'd rather spend less time talking about knives. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say that there, we've talked about Kevin James and his wife's relationship before. Yes. But um, when they're in the car on the way to the car wash, and he, he lists, he confesses that he perved on the ballet teacher, and she says, It's all right. I, I was looking today, too, as in I was checking out a hot piece of man today. Yeah. And, and Kevin James has got. His wife is allowed to look at men. He's yeah. he's a he's a new age kind of guy. He understands that you know it's it's only human to lust, uh, but he has three criteria for which the the me, the man that his wife is allowed to perv on. The man can be one of three things. The setup is Kevin James says, uh, "Oh, what is that? I, I don't mind. Care if, I, don't I don't mind, mind you if looking you look at that. So long as he is either his wife can check out anyone who's gay. So that's okay as long as they're gay." Kim and Jones' wife can have a squiz. Um, as long as they're a cartoon. If it's a sexually drawn cartoon, a muscle-bound cartoon character on a beach, Kevin James' wife is allowed to check check them out. And the other person who it's okay for Kevin James' wife to check out is a dead person. It's fine for her to just perv on dead, on dead people. And I'm assuming you don't see that many dead people sort of lying around on the street, which means that she's it's, it's fine by him if his wife goes to the cemetery... Digs up some corpses, yeah, and looks at them, or just or goes and crashes, into a morgue. yeah, or crashes funerals, yeah, which is a whole other movie. Yeah, I've got no issue with that. If you're lusting after a live man, we got problems. Yeah, a li- but if, if you're dead, lusting I'm not after threatened by that, therefore a it's live, fine. real life straight person, we got problems, lady. But if you just want to go and check out some corpses while I sleep at night, on my list of of, of like uh, priorities, if I'm Kevin James, like if I'm in that situation. I'm going to be worried about my significant other lusting over straight alive people mm-hmm. and then gays and then dead people. That's <laughs> just me. That's the order. That's me. Yeah, it's sensible. I think so. Because I think with, you know, people who identify as gay, there's an opportunity that they can still, well, they can do it. They can have sex with your wife, maybe. A dead person definitely can't Well, do I mean, if, if I was if I was in, lived in the city that they live in and I was gay... And I knew I could have sex with Kevin James' wife. I would do it, even as a, a gay man who's not attracted to her, I would do it just to spite Kevin James. <laughs> as a gay man, I would have sex with Kevin James' wife. And I think this goes beyond the world of grown-ups too. This is just... <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, I'm, this is a public announcement to any gay men yeah. who ever have the opportunity to have sex with Kevin James' wife in the real world. I reckon this situation exactly could play out because Kevin James, I'm assuming, lives in Los Angeles. He's chasing movie scripts all the time for a paycheck. So his wife, it stands to reason, also lives in LA. And I'll bet she probably does do yoga or something. Yeah. This could happen. 
The well, yoga I teacher just, could be gay. I wonder how big our, our, our gay listenership in Los Angeles is. Certainly, I mean, we're certainly hoping we're it'll not. get bigger. We're not 100% on those numbers. We don't have the technology yet to check in on those specific numbers. But then again, we're not Prop 8, you know? We're more popular than that. No. Um, Tim, fuck, man. There's so We should bring a laptop every week. Honestly, yeah, or a notebook. We could just write these down. And we did to I start do, with back but in the this, day. Oh, I, I do it on a laptop. I've got, I've got a whole thing We here. haven't got into the thing yet. This was the... Oh, God. We're already 18 minutes in. This was All like right. the main crux of the podcast this week. Jesus. So, Braden Higgins is David Spade's son. He's a character in the movie. And with my laptop today, I decided to take stock of every line. You remember Braden? He's the guy I thought was a warlock. Yeah. Uh, so across the movie, because I was, I want to think about this objectively as the actor who plays Braden. I don't know his name, but his agent goes, "Hey, we'll call him Adam. Hey, Adam, I got a script for you. Real meaty part in an Adam Sandler comedy. You want to read it over? An Adam Sandler script? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're really gonna like this character. He's got lots of dimensions and, and depth. Okay, so how much screen time are we talking? How many lines have I got in this thing? Uh, screen time. It's hard to say. You get 20 lines. What? In the whole film? In the whole film, you get 20 lines. Are you serious? But what, am I in like one scene? No, you're in the whole thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, the movie's got a lot of lines. A lot of lines to go around. You get 20 of them. Wow. 20 lines and now, you're saying I'm in more than one scene? Do you want me to read the lines to you or do you want to read the lines to me? Do we have time me? for that? Could you really just rattle through all 20 lines while we're talking right now? Yeah. All 20 of we my character, do... Brayden Higgins, lines in the script. Yeah, I'll. if you want, I'll also do them as as you should do them in the movie. I'll do them as well, my... <laughs> that's what agents are for. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. So your first line, you go like this. No school. Summertime. What do you think? Well, it doesn't make any grammatical sense. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's... I'm not even sure what the meaning behind it is. It's part of the is. character. Think of think of the character when I'm doing these lines. Think of it as sort of like a warlock. It's like a warlock sort of figure. Okay, so, slightly mystical, kind yeah. of dark. Maybe has some supernatural powers that are alluded yeah. to in the film. Ma- probably not. Maybe. Okay, so your second line is you go, No, I sit here. I like that. That's gritty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm into okay. that second I'm one. I'm just gonna That's roll great. through some now. So wait, are you doing this in chronological order? Like we're yeah. gonna cover the whole movie. We're from gonna cover the, start the whole movie from the, the start. Finish. So okay. you, and then you can guess this, what the movie is. Okay. I want to smash his face. That's your third line. What do you think? I want to smash his face. Now again, do I have to deliver it just like you? Yeah, do? I would suggest doing that. Okay. Because it seems extremely. Well, for lack of a better word, kind of stupid the way that you're doing it. No, no, no. I think that's the way you should do it. Okay. The I fourth... want to smash his face. Okay. Oh, yeah. What's the fourth line? Uh, I don't know. I told him it would be cool if he stayed late at the soup kitchen. So it's all me. Right. Apropos of nothing. I'm not going to give you any context for that. Okay. That's interesting. This is like a, a guess who, but for movie yeah. plots. Yeah. So now your next line, which is part of that same scene. Oh, oh two, two lines in one scene. No, how about we do something fun? How about we do something we're not supposed to? Jesus, is I think, he talking to a girl at that point? I feel like that's sort nah. of a cross line. I think I came on. I Romeo came on a little heavy with the voice in that scene. Oh, okay. I don't think that's how I. That you, should, as... you shouldn't do it like that. That one. Okay. That was wrong. All right. Well, what's the next line? Let's check this out. Keep out. That just makes you want to not keep out. No, no, no. You got to be reading that wrong. No, that's, once again, give me the words. That's how it comes off the paper. Keep out, that just makes you want to not keep out. God. And if you and you know, just to paint a more vivid picture, your next line is 
And this will be your seventh line in the whole movie. No go. Stay. Now, sorry. Stay the imperative? As in you're commanding someone to stay. You're sort of, it's hard, you're sort of talking to yourself and to them. And also, I don't want to get strung up on this because I know it's three words, but are you sure it's not not go, stay? No, it's, that's how it's written, no go, stay. You sort of just, you're sort of like convincing yourself and some other guys that you should stay at this place. Uh, And then your next line, oh, and this is a great one, you'll love this. This is this is sort of like Al Pacino's Inches speech in Evergreen oh, Sunday. Okay, this is what I went to drama school okay. for. What are we dealing with? Woo! One more time. Woo! What's the next line? You don't want to talk about how good that line is? What's the next one? <laughs> Summertime. Next. Uh... Well, the next one's not really a line, but it's you get a good bit of screen Jesus time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> just, you just gotta, you this just, is devolving as the script no, no, goes on. It gets stronger. How did you... It gets stronger. It get, you it haven't starts, signed me up to this, it starts, I'm not attached. It, often, it starts real strong, and then it gets a little weak in the middle, and then your lines get real strong again. So, well, what is this next one? Oh, it's not a line. You just do some heavy breathing, and then you've heavy written... Heavy breathing. Heavy breathing. I've just put heavy breathing in italics down for you. And you also have... A, you have soup kitchen my ass written on the on your arm, oh, but I'll explain. You don't need to worry about that. It's a, I'll tell you about that later. And then your next line is, so, so the soup kitchen thing sort of it's a recurring motif in your character. Okay. It sort of it underscores the whole thing. The next okay. one is good. You lied about the soup. You lied about the soup. Okay. And no, you, that's good. We're hitting more. Towards you're yelling at now. your dad. I like it. Okay. Your next this line is. This is almost like a you can't handle the truth. Your next line is, boo. You're scaring your dad. My dad. Okay, and then what? And then that line. Uh, After the boo. Her name's not Hiccups McGee. So he says boo. Her I name's s- not Hiccups McGee. It's a different scene. I'm just gonna rattle through. Wait some a minute. So no is one boo. line. No, boo is one line. Boo is one line. Boo is one of your lines. It's got an exclamation mark, which means it re- requires lots of acting. What's, I- ac- what's after Hiccups McGee? Uh, so why do you call her that? This is all part of a conversation. Okay. So you be, uh, so you be ugly, McGee. That's one line. Shorty, McGee. That's another one of your lines. Viagra, McGee. Okay, I'm so going to stop you there. Those aren't separate lines. No, well, so yeah, like three You're of your. You're reading commas as separate lines. Three of your. I don't know. No, how no, no, no. Three I of your lines. You. Three of your You're lines. A terrible agent. No, yeah, three of your lines. It's just a word, and then the word McGee. But there's still three different lines. That's not three right. different lines. Right, okay, I've got three more lines for you. See if you like any of these. What enough that lines now? No, no, now. no. no. One of them was heavy breathing, oh, for God's the, sake. Your next line is, hollow notes. Yeah, what is that, like a cereal? That's a funny line. That's a funny joke. Yeah, okay, I like that one. And then you've got, wee Which I know it seems inconsistent with a lot of the other stuff you're saying, but you you go on a real roller coaster. You're a real up and down character. What, you're last, your final line. What's my last line? They didn't do it. Me do it. Oh fuck which is sort off. Of a re- Come on. It's sort I of, did it. It's sort of a return to the, it's the no, incorrect pronoun. Because that's consistent with your character. It's true to you. Oh, for the love so, of God. So because as to your character, because remember your first line is no school summertime, and your last line is they didn't do it. Me do it. So it's sort of like a commentary on summer. The movie's called Grown Ups 2. I'm Tim Bat. I'm Guy Montgomery. Don't watch the movie. That was a, 
Oh. Oh.